0: Welcome everybody to the first ever uh, guest episode on Ripe with Wisdom. We got our man Bryce. Um, what, up, what up? And we, of course, you know we got my co-host uh, Jose and uh, Mix. And we're joining you here today with a uh, 2018 Italian Nebbiolo, but it's not a DOCG; it's a DOC because it's from a outer region within uh, Piedmont. That's called Lange. And uh, just found this out just mm-hmm. the other day because uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a Barolo in my yeah. cellar, but it wasn't. So, okay, so yeah. I don't I, I even really know what a Barolo is. So, you gotta, you gotta so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Barolo that, it's, is like a, Italy's, uh, I guess, like pinnacle, of like yeah. Yeah, yeah. the king yeah. of wines. Um, Basically, aged for five years before release. Um, and it uh, comes from the grape variety Nebbiolo. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it's also from Piedmont.
0: Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. But this one is a Lange And it's like a Nebbiolo de Alba Greater than 85% Nebbiolo But from a wider area The Lange Hills mm. And unlike North de Alba Where it may be used as a downgrade From Barolo or Barbaresco Lange Nebbiolo's good So it's like it's in the middle of Barolo's quality Thank <laughs> you yeah. uh, Cheers everybody Let's Cheers. cheers. Hey, cheers. Yeah. Cheers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh. Who do we uh, have the uh,
1: the pleasure of uh, sitting alongside with today, Jose? <laughs> today we have Bryce Crawford. He's from he's anologist an of Silver Oak. Um he's also He's a fucking Rams fan, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. it came out. It came yeah. out. We'll, we'll get to all those. <laughs> yeah, we get maybe. to. <laughs> all
0: but also on top of that, uh, I'd personally like to say yeah. he's also uh, someone I can call a mentor and someone I can call on if I have any questions. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that on the knowledge side. And thank you, Bryce. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, thank yeah. you.
2: And, um, I do what I can. No, thank
3: well, you. I, I gotta say this wine. It, I'm tasting berries. So oh, it's oh, a oh, pretty yeah. good one. <laughs> Excellent pour. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> How would you
0: describe this wine, uh, Me? Bryce? Hmm. What year is it? 20 2018.
2: 2018? Okay. Okay. Uh, Nebbiolo, it, it can age for a lot longer than uh, than four to five years, definitely. I think, um, I mean, this is great now, but it would probably be even better five to ten years on, mm-hmm. to be real. Um, Absolutely. A lot of the secondary and tertiary notes come out heavy. In the Nebbiolos, so the leather, mm-hmm. tobacco leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Oh yes,
3: the tertiary flavors. The smoke leaves. <laughs> <meat. laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> tasting those. A little, <laughs> a little tobacco. Oh yeah. Oh
2: yeah. Mm. Mm. No, uh very, very a lot of fruit on top. I mean definitely uh some some red berry, some nondescript red berry, but mm-hmm. it's got time. It's got time. And I think as it as it um opens up a little bit. You know, we're gonna see a lot more out of it. Yeah.
1: Mm. So you saying it's kinda young. <laughs> you know,
2: maybe. Mm. It just depends. Every every wine's different. Mm. Yeah. So um it could it could peak now or it could peak in, in ten years. Mm. Yeah.
0: I, immediately I could tell the, the the level of tannins in this is so much less yeah. than a Barolo or mm-hmm. even a Barbaresco. Mm-hmm. So I could see why it's not considered that, but I mean, it still has great range. Mm-hmm. It yeah. still has great range, so mm-hmm. yeah. mid palate is gas. That's, that's all I know.
3: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, thank. Thanks again, everybody, for being yeah.
0: here. Thanks for put, making time out of your schedule. And let's thank get you. right to it. Yeah. Um, I guess Bryce, uh, tell us about tell us about your upbringing, uh, where you grew up.
2: Yeah, yeah, San Jose, um, Bay Area. Bay. Did you go straight to college or? I did. I did. Yeah. Where did you go? (laughs) So um, I applied to a few places, but I got into Oregon State prior to that. And I had a buddy, Jason, from uh, high school going there as well. So I was like, you know what? I can know one person. Yeah, That's kind of cool. I can go from there. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. My initial major was microbiology. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in the, the MSA, the micro club at Oregon State, um, and I was doing micro courses, and I was also again there were parents around, so I was doing a lot of other stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. extracurriculars, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, my grades weren't ideal, <laughs> mm-hmm. so um, I had to really think like, do I want to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, can I be the guy in a lab coat? Do I see myself in a lab for ever mm-hmm. from now on? Yeah, and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I had to come to that realization. So mm-hmm. I talked to my um, advisor and I was like, you know, hey, uh, what can I do? And and he was like, you know, wh- wh- what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, you know, I want to do something that I can live off of. I want to do something that could maybe change someone's life or make it better at some level. And, you know, on the side, I kind of like to make wine. Yeah. And they're like, all right, well, you know. Maybe your hobby is your career. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like,
0: Which well, kind of hard to accept sometimes at first, yeah, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: because I was very dead set on like, I want to cure cancer. I want to do this big, big thing, you know. But I had no idea what I, what else I could do that was as big, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think um, realigning myself with what I'm good at mm-hmm. and how that affects my future and how that would affect my future was great for me. Like I, I, at that point I was like, all right, well, this is a hobby now I'm going to try it out and we're going to see where things go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went and, uh, got in with the Vitus club, the, the viticulture technology club at Oregon sure. state. Uh-huh. Um, I was the, it was like the outreach coordinator initially. I mean, I was, I was a member and then outreach coordinator, then a treasurer and then, a, um, a, a co-president actually at one point. Oh, shoot. So kind of yeah. r- ran the ranks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, it it was cool. Um but that that realization of, you know, maybe what I think I want to do is not what I want to do was uh was big. Mm-hmm.
0: Like shifting interests, right? Like a-
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. It was it was diverting kind of resources from the plan I had to the plan I should be making. Mm. You know, and, yeah. and I think it kind of worked out. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm here now. so Exactly. Uh, exactly. That, yeah. Those are big steps. It's like
3: maybe what I originally envisioned is not what I think is actually for me. I understand. That's yeah. it's how I feel with engineering. I, th- I mm. want to be like a big engineer. I think we all understand. <laughs> then, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm definitely there. I've changed yeah. so
0: many. I've pivoted so many
2: times in life. I'm like, wine was the only thing constant. And i was like,
0: all right, but how can I work with wine?
2: You know, I think, I think for our age range, it's like we have so many options that may not have been available to someone who was in our, at our age range 40 years ago. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think, um, the field of opportunity and career choices is a lot bigger now than it was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, so you had a great time at uh, Oregon state, uh, great experience there. Um, how was uh How was your first internship out of college? What did you, like? Where were your? Where were you think? Where were your sales taking you after college?
2: Yeah, yeah. My first real internship was. I remember sitting down outside of the the crush pad talking to Ken, the winemaker there, and um, I was you know I was I was raring to go. I was I was super excited, but I also had this little thought in my mind: I was like, maybe I can't do this. Maybe. This is too much for me. because mm-hmm. um, I saw all the barrels, I saw all the tanks, I saw all the <laughs> machinery and I'm like, Oh shit, like how am I gonna move that if I can move that? <laughs> I'm I'm not a big dude. Yeah. You know? It's pretty
3: overwhelming at yeah. first when you go like yes. into your winery and you're like well, this is like making wine, but on such a big level yeah. compared to like mm-hmm. microbrew. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this wasn't five <laughs> gallons. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's the I like. I like <laughs> the five <laughs> gallon setup personally. <for laughs> <a little. laughs> yeah, no, this was big, and, yeah. and it was like, am I gonna be able to do that? So, you know, I've always kind of struggled with some doubt in the back of my mind, and mm. it was all about me overcoming that a little bit. Mm. Um, and then I think with with a doubt thing is like just kind of getting your feet wet mm-hmm. can kind of cool down that, that doubt that you've got. Absolutely. Gain, you know? gain some confidence. Yeah. 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 You know, if you, if you do something once, you're like, Oh, I can do that. That's yeah. easy. I did it. You know, no sweat.
3: I mean, maybe it's not the first time, but maybe after 10 times, then oh, 100%. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're oh, right. Well, I've never been the, that <laughs> done it, right? the first. Time. <laughs> yeah. No, no the life wouldn't be fun like that. Exactly.
2: exactly. Yeah. But no, um, <coughs> so yeah, on scene it was great. Um, Ken, Humberto, Kevin, Teresa, everybody, they're like a second family to me now, you know. And mm-hmm. I talked to Ken extensively about, you know, the choices I've made um, through my career and all that. And, uh, you know, he's like a mentor to me, and, and I can learn a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, anybody can learn a lot just by talking to anybody. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. whether they're above you, below you, next to you, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm just be, be open. open listen mm-hmm. so oh, listen i've been learning yeah. that this past year a lot too yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
3: it's a good skill yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. an <laughs> underrated skill so after uh, that internship what was um like your first real job offer in the industry or uh, that you felt had some responsibility behind it
2: you know um <coughs> so my, my i guess my first job it's hard to say because I had job so many jobs throughout you know life <laughs> yeah prior yeah. to mm-hmm. prior to uh even knowing I wanted to do wine sure yeah um I mean I worked a lot of places like I've done like cashiering mm-hmm. at kmart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done, God, I've done a bunch of internships I've done just a lot of stuff and I think it's more about like the totality of what you've done mm-hmm. and how you bring that into what you do now—like, yeah. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. have you guys had experiences outside of wine? Oh yeah, I mean, I've mean, worked tons of jobs where yeah. I'm like the
0: normal person
2: would fold
0: if they <laughs> if if they try to do the things <laughs> I did, like pivot so many times. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a hundred percent. Yeah, that. but it's our experiences that kind of help develop our character yeah. and our attitude, patience. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you can bring a lot of that with you into what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people all the time, I've changed rat cages. It yeah, like, throws them off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that comes in handy because sometimes rats get into your into your yeah. cellar, dude. You need to go out <laughs> dude, to put a trap.
0: I've, or go grab I've a GB.
1: When we when I was working at TW two, we had to kill a lot of rats. Me and Tony did, and throw it in the trash. 100. <laughs> I was on that. I was yeah. on that
2: page too. I was on that yeah. page too. Rattlesnakes. Oh, and, and, and we had to deal with rattlesnakes too. God, <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, like some of, some of the things that like I've I've done is like uh, I've done a lot of student research. So with with Oregon State and the USDA, um, I worked uh, with plant pathology. Um, I've done wine science with them. I've been a brewery assistant up at Oregon. Mm. So in the brewery, washing kegs, pouring in, uh, you know, adjunct and, and yeast and, and, and grain. I've been in the, the field too. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a time when I was working on building a, a vineyard actually for some. De- oh, that's awesome developing. a Yeah, awesome. yeah. An old orchard. So we had to oh, shoot. take all the trees down. Uh, there's big boulders in the soil, so you take them mm-hmm. out. <laughs> it, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. And then, you pl- you know, shoving posts in and, and putting drip lines in and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've done a lot. And mm-hmm. all that kind of ties into how I see things now and how I do things now. Mm-hmm.
1: One question I had was like, when was your first like lab job? Was it Robert Mondavi?
2: My first legitimate lab job um, was Robert Mondavi. Um, prior to that, it was some of the research that I did at mm-hmm. um, at Oregon State. But yeah, definitely like six to two thirty off harvest schedule lab was mm-hmm. was Robert Mondavi. Yeah, and that was a good experience too. You know, it, it was a. There was a lot to learn, I think, for me. Um, I was still pretty wet on the ears. Yeah, sure. You know? And I, I still am now. I think that's a good kind of mentality to have. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't hear that, I think. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, thank <laughs> you, know? you. Thank you. Yeah, 100%. I mean, every day is an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. And you know, cheers to that. Was yeah, cheers to that. Right. <laughs> Every day is an opportunity to learn. <laughs> yeah. I need more <laughs> wine. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was like, you guys Where's still the, got full uh, glasses <laughs> Damn. Where's the waiter? <laughs> so how was uh, Robert Mondavi? You felt like you were prepared and you were ready for the next step? and
2: Prepared and ready? Never, dude.
0: But were yeah. you ready for whatever came of? Oh, whatever.
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I think when I was younger, I felt like I knew everything. But I also kind of had this air of like, all right, well, let's dip our toes, let's see what comes up, and it was kind of balancing that, I think, because mm-hmm. I was kind of a pompous asshole when I was younger, for sure. I think you know some of us could I feel like I'm still getting rid of <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's a young thing. It's a young it's thing. It's a young thing. Sure, I think you know, like. for sure, dude. <laughs> but uh, eventually, kind of taking a step back and saying, okay, so what? What can this bring me? And how can I bring myself into this? You know, mm-hmm. Mondavi. It was, it was a great. It, I remember getting the email for it, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is like, this is it. This, this is it. I, Yeah. This is it. Mm-hmm. You know." And and I was uh, at a little kicker like before I started, and I told some guys like, "Yeah, I got Robert Mondavi." Da da da. And she's like, "Oh shit, dude. Anybody who goes there, like they they're big people. They're big. They're." they mm-hmm. superstars or whatever I'm like damn right <laughs> <laughs> damn right that's right B money's on his <laughs> way <Exactly>. yeah <laughs> get at me uh, but it was cool to know that someone else kind of knew where I was gonna go um, mm-hmm. and, and that notoriety and, and validation almost. about 100% yeah. 100% mm-hmm. as a, a you big know, one yeah, as a 30 something mm-hmm. I love my validation yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll
0: say like we fucking love it <laughs> No, that's awesome, man, man. So uh, after Robert Mondavi, where was your next step?
2: It was Silver Oak. It was Silver Oak. It was that's Silver awesome. Oak. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And how did you find pass with Silver Oak? How did How did Silver Oak find you?
2: I think in certain positions in the industry, they have certain lifespans. I'm slowly realizing that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you know there there are people that have been with certain companies for forty years plus. Salute to them. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's, and that's hard work. And that it does it it takes a lot of you giving yourself to your employer to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm of the mind that I need to take in everything I can and have different experiences because in 10, 20 years, I'm going to be calling back on these different experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, and if I've done something kind of one way or slightly one way forever, you know that's stagnant. That's stagnation, sure. and that's yeah. not going to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think when people want that change, they'll look for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, wine jobs is a good place to look if you're looking to get an industry. Venn mm-hmm. um, jobs, if you went to UC Davis, um, Indeed, you mm-hmm. know all these places are a good places to look. But what caught my eye about Silver Oak was that. They were sustainably focused. Mm. Um, there's a saying that they have is that they don't lead with lead. Lead being the certification for being green, conservation, etc. Uh, water reclamation um, using uh, denim in their facility mm-hmm. instead of other filler or whatever. More wood, you know, so oh, sure. yeah. they can reuse some of that mm-hmm. instead of putting it to waste. Um, so that sustainability thing was kind of a big thing for me. I was part of the sustainability team at Mondavi, and it was pretty much a seamless transition from that team to the whole department, the whole Duncan family mm-hmm. when I changed my job. So that was really cool. Um, so we've had a good dive on uh, yeah. professional experience
0: uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. But now that we're here in this career, you don't want to get washed by that being also mixed in with your
2: hobby. So, like, who is Bryce outside of the wine oh, industry? Yeah. What are yeah. your new hobbies you that know? you found? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so turning my hobby into a career kind of, it puts a different light onto that hobby, right? Because it's, yeah. it's something I want to do, but I have to do it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. uh, hobby usually what you just want to do, mm-hmm. right? So I kind of got out of the music making thing. I'm more into photography now mm-hmm. um, you know I, I still brew beer mm-hmm. I still make mead cider wine yeah I mean, it's still a hobby for me but yeah. it, it's not like it's separate yeah sure yeah um I have a lot more control of what I make obviously hmm yeah. exactly you, you get to make your own decisions <laughs> yeah. you know yeah I also enjoy pool. Well, play yeah. a mean game sometimes. Billiards, Billiards. hell well, we yeah! We gotta play. We gotta go to the pool hall. Oh then. hell, we yeah. gotta play that.
0: Yeah. I haven't played in years. He's pretty good. <laughs> hell yeah! We gotta go to the pool hall. Man.
2: But after three or four, you know, maybe I'm not as good. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> you know, I know my way around a tap room. <laughs> Trivia has yeah. been cool. Bingo has been cool. Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. good fun. Yeah, good fun.
0: Live music is big, too. So I did want to double back on you said you still have a hobby of making mead. Mm -hmm. I know these fellows wanted a deep dive on mead. I think we mentioned Bucket Blends
3: a few times. Bucket Blends, Uh, let's go. uh, But, uh, you know, it's a microbrewer operation that that Jose and I kind of work on together. And Mm -hmm. when I first met Bryce, I ran into him, and he said that he also does some microbrewing, and he's made some mead. And I was like, oh, i made some mead before, too. It was just (laughs) cool to meet somebody that is also into making their own kind of wine and went through also the entire process of bottling it and putting a label because I was like, it takes the extra step to bottle and label it and even kind of market it and just, I don't know, like really turn it into an art piece, you know,
2: a hundred percent. Yeah. So for me, like this is all about the intersection between like creativity and science Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that kind of how you feel?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like making the label, that kind of stuff is definitely like a very creative process. Even the like wine making, what you're going to put in there, how you're going to ferment it, all creative as well. And the science part is knowing the biology and then the chemistry, and the physics of everything that's going on. And I don't know. That's why I like it because, you know, I come from an engineering background, very like physics based. But I like to be creative and, you know, mm-hmm. like I was kind of stuck in the realm of thinking a lot about code and physics, but you know, you don't feel like you're necessarily getting a real product that you can enjoy out of it. And when you're making wine or beer, it's like, oh, this is something that I created that I can also kind of enjoy and yeah. give to other people as well. Yeah. And yeah, so that's why I kind of started doing that. It's like gave me a creative outlet. And anyways yeah we want to talk about the mead that you made and kind of like the whole process of that cuz it was like for me that was the coolest thing to talk to you about when i first met you i was like oh well sure
2: yeah yeah so. i i appreciate that no um so the i guess to backtrack mead is pretty much um, a fermented solution of honey and water sure at its base yeah um and then from there you can go higher and higher and higher um you can do uh, methaglins, which are spiced meads, you can do um melomels, which are water based meads, you can do sizers, which are meads with uh apples, oh. you can do yeah. braggots, which are meads kind of between a mead and a beer, uh-huh. so it's got the fermentables of a uh, grain. Oh. Um, so there's a lot of different things you can do with mead, and I think the interest in mead for me was that. It's not seasonal.
3: Yeah. That's what's so, so nice about it. It's yeah. Like you can get honey at any time. A hundred percent. A year. You don't have to wait for the, the, the berries, berries you know. to grow on the vine type shit. Exactly. <laughs>
2: and, and the things that you put into mead, um, like spices and all the other stuff, the grain, whatever, those keep as well. Mm-hmm. So all this stuff keeps for a long time. So you can actually, you know, time the market. Mm-hmm or what your beverage or whatever and instead of making everything between you know september and october you're making everything at all times yeah yeah you know so there's a lot of room for for growth in in the market for that
0: I yeah think. yeah why, why should we be drinking more mead yeah
2: mm-hmm. you know talk, talk to us about the flavor a little only bit, had had i, I can words. tell you
3: i've tried our, our mead that we have right there and it's not wine. Like, it's like you have to accept that it's its own class of beverage because uh, if you're expecting fruit, you're not going to get that full fruit flavor.
2: Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. So mead being a honey-based beverage, honey's kind of the the flavoring component in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those flavors will blow off during fermentation. Some will stick. Um, honey is not the same everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there's hundreds of types of honeys. Yeah, can, there's a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like with. Yeah. I'm in that rabbit hole. Yeah. I'm in that rabbit hole. Yeah, I, love I love good honey. Wow, like, honey. You try metal foam? No. Oh, dude, it's like it's like marshmallow. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like not even honey. It's like marshmallow. Yeah. It's crazy. It's
3: like uh, when you try like uh, you know if you're used to what, regular beer then you try sour <laughs> beer and you're like, "Whoa, well, this is a beer!" Like, yeah. 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 So <laughs> go, go deep. It's,
2: it's all about what that bee is like drinking and carrying on its body up into the okay. hive, mm-hmm. and that all comes into the honey that it makes. So if your bees are going into the the wildflowers, you got wildflower honey. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: sure. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. If you, if
2: they're going to the the orange blossoms, mm-hmm. you got an orange blossom. Got a lot honey. of orange blossom. Yeah. Honey, huh. You know, and some yeah. of those some of the the qualities of of an orange are in the orange blossom, right? Because that's the initial stage of that orange. Mm-hmm. And that translate into that honey. You got, mm-hmm. la- you got
0: lavender honey. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's insane. Honey. It's the rabbit hole. 100%. Yeah. I just got a Hawaiian honey, and it has like a Hawaiian flower-based honey. Dude, nice. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. Nice yeah. Macadamia nut honey. It's like yeah, that one. Because yeah, yeah. like
3: I don't normally eat flowers, but I feel like I could enjoy eating, like, quote-unquote, a flower if yeah. I had its honey. You know, it's like, yeah. And then you, I can, it's like, I can try the flour without actually eating a flour, which probably doesn't yeah. taste that like. yeah. good. Yeah. I mean,
2: some flowers do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they yeah, they no, serve some flowers. But yeah. Sure. I'll say there's, I'm sure there's some, but. <laughs> no, there's but some, you're right. Yeah. You know, you asked, like, why mead? And yeah. I think a lot of that is like economics. You got like, demand for an in- industry if we talk about it, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. people may not have heard about me. Now they know about it. You know, what is it? Let's try it. And that demand relates to an increase of supply of need. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, this person wants it. They want it. They want it. We have to make it now. Yes. And yeah. the need for me, the need for mead, Let's go dude. <laughs> a hit That's title awesome. right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, so that demand creates more supply because you have to, to match your supply and your demand. So, yeah. More people want it, make more. Exactly. And all these people are going to make more mead. And what happens is when people make a bunch of it, they start learning about it. Mm-hmm. In the heyday of wine, I worked at Robert Mondavi. Mm-hmm. He was a pivotal figure in the Napa wine scene. Mm-hmm. Like he was mm-hmm. doing crazy shit that no one else was doing. And he was like, oh, you know, I get a cleaner ferment with these stainless steel tanks. Yeah, and other you know, people were like, "Oh, we like our our and we like our wood tanks." Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm, I'm I'm getting way better results with this right here. Maybe to try it, mm-hmm. and then eventually that that takes off. Yeah. So, kind of that 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 demand and that increase of of supply begets like more interest and understanding of the beverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then that kind of translates to an increase of quality. So we're we're all now we're doing way better. You know, a rising tide floats all boats. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So we're all doing a great thing. Um, but now we've got two, three, four, seven different meteries in the area. And now we're all competing for the same person. Mm -hmm. So now we have to decrease our costs. Yeah. 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 So now we have to do what we do as well as, as we do it, but for, for less money Mm -hmm. because our, our margin is at, at risk here. -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So now we're we're we used to sell a twenty dollar mead. Now it's fifteen. They're selling fifteen. Now it's Mm ten. Yeah. So now the barrier for entry into mead is is low because if you have ten dollars, you got a bottle of mead. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. So and then when (laughs) someone picks that up, they're like, "Oh shit, this is great." Let me tell somebody about it. They get interested. Demand increases. The cycle continues. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all economics for the most mm. part.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. I think about that every time I go to, like, a low supermarkets and I see, like, $20 bottle average 25. I'm like, yeah. get great quality wine for the same price, but cause cause no one hears about mm. it or it's not marketing out there.
2: You know, and it's perception, too. So with mead and somewhat with cider, the perception isn't there yet, but it may be there. So, like, with beer and wine... If you're spending twenty dollars on a single uh let's say it's a twenty two ounce bottle of wine with a with a cage on it, mm-hmm. you know, that's something you're gonna sell or that's something you're mm-hmm. gonna wait on. Yeah. Uh and if you got a bottle of wine and it's ninety hundred, hundred and twenty dollars, that's a special occasion. But if it's twenty dollars, well, fuck it. You every know every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean uh of
0: here at the tail end, we want to do this rapid round. Yeah. Um, quick. We call them quick
2: hitters. Sure. Uh, favorite wine varieties. Favorite wine varieties. Or grape varieties. Um, I'm sorry. Grape, grape varieties. Grape you know, it's going to be Chardonnay. You know, that's going to be polarizing because some people fucking hate it. Some people <laughs> fucking love it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the most widely planted uh, grape varieties in the world. Yeah. And uh, what I love about it is that it can be anything you fucking want it to be. Mm. It could be champagne. A, yeah. It mm-hmm. could be US sparkling. It could be uh Buttery, uh, oaky. Yeah, yeah. Acidity
0: very zippy. Mm. You know? <laughs> but even like you said though, uh, we got uh champagne and you got Chablis. Yeah, you got Chablis. burgundy. You know, stainless you know,
2: oak, steel,
0: oak Chardonnay. Oak. Oh dude yeah. There's so
2: much you could do with it, and it's really a and blank
0: it, slate. It really expresses like the growing site more than anything
2: mm-hmm. than any mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. variety, I think. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah. So. Well, if I, I don't know, I'm in the opinion. If you don't like Chardonnay,
0: then you're just wrong. But you know, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone's yeah. allowed to have their opinion. So you know.
3: <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, do you have a favorite growing region? I do. Uh, so I like the southern regions of most of the. Wine growing areas in the so world,
0: South America, Australia, New yep, Zealand.
2: Yep, yep, you're, you're speaking it like, um, so New Zealand, Saub Blanc. Uh, uh, I love that stuff. I mean, I, I, yeah, so that the southern end, especially of New Zealand, um, well, South Africa out there too, right now. Yeah, 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 some Pinotage, yeah, Saint Blanc, Italy is the big one for me. Oh, yeah. We're we're drinking in nebbiola right now. Yeah. Like let's go, um, mm. southern Italy, Puglia. I, I huh? love Sardinia. Empania, Sardinia, yeah. I, you know, Sicily. Let's go. Like it's nice down there. I got family from uh, from Malta, so I know I know south south, that hot, oh, yeah. salty area. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and famous for Lambrusco. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Lambrusco. I kind of like salt on in my wines in my whites especially um like there were some producers in santa barbara that had salt blanc i think it was where where the the salty air kind of hit it. And, it and it it digs in to the berry mm-hmm. it comes out in the wine huh. and uh, so i kind of like that yeah all right like yeah you know yeah A uh, favorite alcohol beverage Without a doubt, without a doubt, Boulevardier. Oh, Boulevardier! If, if you've ever had a beverage with me, you've probably seen me order it. Um, mm. It's uh, it's a Negroni, but with bourbon. It's uh, bourbon instead of, instead of gin, right? Instead of gin, yeah. It's bourbon, sweet vermouth, and Campari. Uh, Campari. If you want to send some money my way, that'd be great. <laughs> exactly. Come through. Come through. Yeah. Oh my god. Love that. <laughs> I keep you employed. Uh, <laughs> the coup d'etat of of a nice boulevardier is a twist. Oh, it's the yeah. it's the orange twist. Uh, and that really kind of takes garnis. everything down. Mm, yeah. and
3: that's when you know it's legit. Like that's a legit boulevardier.
2: If that's if they fun. put an orange slice in, yeah. Run.
3: Oh. <laughs> mm,
2: run.
0: I, a garnish can either make or break a cocktail 100%. <laughs>
2: I'll, it's gotta game. be
0: a twist. The garnish game. Is, twist. Uh, it's real. It's ask real. a mixologist. <laughs> oh, oh, they'll tell you. They'll tell you. <laughs> they will tell you. All right. Uh, um, you have like a favorite wine memory? Like whether it be a bottle you drank, maybe a bottle you worked on, helped yeah. on?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I've got uh, two. Um, my, my first was uh, 20, 2007, a Little Red. From Shannon Ridge, oh. it's a red blends. Yeah, uh, big bold. Um, I don't know if any more exists because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, pairing that with uh, some tri tip one day when I was like too young, probably. <laughs> uh, I was like, "Oh shit! Like this is real. <laughs> yeah. like, this is actually an avenue I can go down on." Hell uh, yeah! Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that got me into into a lot of it, and then. Another memory would be working on the Boz Skaggs Cuvée. So I think probably all of us, do any of you know Boz Skaggs? No, I don't know that. He's a musician. Mm-hmm. Kind of a um, upbeat, uh, Motown, jazz, uh, Americana mix. It, it's hard to kind of pinpoint it, but um, a musician, I think in the 70s, Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got some some vines in Napa uh okay. we vented some of that in 2013 mm. I was like oh shit that's way cool got to meet him his wife's a boss um he's got his whole recording studio in his house oh shit he's know. got a recording studio yeah it's it's wild <laughs> better than this
3: no, yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> not not as good as this but uh. but, but almost
2: yeah. almost um, That's freaking awesome though but <laughs> Crazy enough, like, almost probably about seven years prior, I had bought a. So I'd been into music, making music, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna convert some sounds I get off of a record, mm-hmm. uh, and then use that for a beat. Mm-hmm. And one of the records I got was was ah. mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, that is way cool with that. Full yeah, circle, full circle, yeah, yeah. full <laughs> circle.
0: <laughs> uh, crazy,
2: my finding meaning here, yeah. right? Oh, it's uh, an omen, so it was. Omen.
0: Yeah, that does lead me
2: to my <laughs> n- next question.
0: But any, um, any like uh, any artists or albums you're
2: currently listening to right now,
0: or get you through the work day?
2: Yeah, yeah, to get into data entry or whatever I'm doing to focus on what I'm doing, um, calm Truths it's a dude out of New York. He does like chill step. Oh hell uh, yeah! Chill, chill yeah. music. No, you know, it's, it's a good genre. Beats, beats, yeah. and all that, and really kind of rhythmic. And I, I, I really mess with it. Um, I remember uh, Mr. Bill yeah. from from last year. Um, <laughs> hell yeah! Shout out. Yeah. Uh, and, and and I mean, my interest in music kind of varies widely. So like, I'm into country uh chris stapleton Mm -hmm. sturgill simpson Alan jackson uh heavy metal yeah um nevermore uh, monomarth um metallica too for sure um it's a lot like you know uh bb king louie armstrong too Michael michael Buble. Yeah. Come yeah yeah, yeah no, that, that, that yeah. you got me there. Kroon, talking about with Kroon me. Play, Let's go. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and then rap too. Like yeah. I mean, um, you know, from San Jose, so I have to represent the Bay. Yeah. So, you know, Mac Dre. Right. Yeah, four oh eight stand up. And uh I mean even even like the some of the SoundCloud stuff nowadays is cool. Yeah, um, I used to be pretty much adamant against it, but now I'm I'm warming to it. Mm-hmm. We have one more question. Sure. Like, who would you want to hear on the podcast? Sure, I've got a lot of good friends in the industry that are doing great things, but there's a buddy of mine up north, uh, Dave Cho. For show uh, mm. wines, oh, mm. I
0: follow their page. My bro. girl loves their page, bro. The, the Not ch- average show wines, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness, I love. Following so I know they. They inspire mm. the shit
0: out of me, one hundred percent. I see their mm. trips. They do everything themselves. They go out there
2: pour and that's it. that's the thing. Oh, it, it's a family awesome. business. Oh. It's it's ground roots too. Aren't they uh, like? No, Asian. They're Filipino. They right, they they are Asian. Yes. All yeah, right. Yeah. Um, they were a bunch of write ups for them about you know. Uh, their heritage and how it fits into Oregon wine culture. Sure. And, you know, that's a viewpoint that needs to be heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, you know, Sweet. Oh, man. I'm going to reach dude, out to Diversity dude. is oh, real big, awesome. Yeah. And diversity is what's going to keep this industry afloat. Yeah. You know, yeah. it can't just be me. No. I want, yeah, I want
3: everybody drinking wine. 100%. Yeah. No. <laughs> on, on, you know, on every, on every,
2: the producers to the consumers to the, so the distributor is like, it needs to be diverse. Yeah. So, mm-hmm.
3: totally. mm-hmm. yeah, yep. and wine can sometimes feel uh, uh, elitist. Elitist. Yeah. Yes. And, and it makes me sad because you know it's like, uh, when, <laughs> I, when you when you re- really boil it down, it's is just fermented grape m- juice, sugar, water. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> true, true. Yeah.
0: Well, wonderful. Thank you for
1: your time, yeah, Brian. Thank you, Bryce. It's thank been good guys, having Brian. you here. Really appreciate it. Thank you for being our first guest Shaking up the industry One That's episode right. at a time Moving yeah. and shaking
0: <laughs>
3: Alright Thank you fellas Hello everybody Thank you for listening to the Ripe of Wisdom podcast Follow us on our social medias At Ripe of Wisdom On Instagram And Send us an email at Ripeofwisdom At gmail.com and Lastly Check us out Wherever you can find their podcast I'm talking anywhere
2: So I was listening to, s- back back in the day, I, I began to music, mm-hmm. and I used to make beats. <laughs> and uh, the people that knew me a long time ago would know me as one of many names. Oh, yeah? I started with, uh, thank you, I started with DJ Prometheus. Oh, hey, okay. shout out DJ Prometheus. Oh, yeah. Yo, you know oh, you're yeah. bumping that gangster. Yeah. That's Hell my yeah. man. Because, you know, Yo. I brought fire to the people.
1: Oh, let get it.
2: Feel me. And <laughs> then, in the crate. Dude, yeah. And then B-Money. Um, that was given to me by. That's classic, I some, feel. Some I San Jose that. cats. You know. <laughs> and it eventually became B-Vinyl. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to get down to the roots of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. is back to the roots. Yeah. Hell yeah. From the
3: CDs and the MP30s. Yeah. <laughs> Be vinyl. Be vinyl. Dude. back into it. <laughs>
2: but uh, I, I came across recently one of the beats that I made. I don't know if you guys have, I mean, I know you guys have some audio. Yeah. But if you want, yeah, let's say it, royalty free.